hello again, everyone. Welcome to What We Make, a Terminator podcast. I'm Will. I'm Alika. I'm Matt. And I'm and also today, Matt. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Will, yeah. go ahead, please. <laughs> Way to jump the line. Actually, I don't remember how you guys do it on this one. <laughs> so yeah, today we are pleased to be joined here in the end by Matt. With, uh, yeah, by Matt A. <laughs> <laughs> Who joined us at the beginning as well. Yes, Matt, you're yeah. the Alpha and oh, the Omega. I love it. Or <laughs> <laughs> as John Bly would say, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> crack, cacao. <laughs> Today we are here to discuss Terminator Salvation, the fourth Terminator movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. It's a movie. It's not really a Terminator movie. I posted an article in the Facebook group that kind of explained why it's not really a Terminator movie, but it's a movie. It's in the universe, the Terminator universe. Yeah. It It has, like, characters named the same people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with doing something different? (laughs) Well, if you're not doing it it well. (laughs) it well. (laughs) I didn't hate this movie, but I didn't love it. But then again, I didn't love either really of the other Terminator movies. None? No, I didn't love them. They're just fine. They're okay. fine. I I find I found those to be actually maybe a little less interesting because they were so it was like a chase. You know, it was a chase. It was a pursuit film, running from yeah. the Terminator. This at least was slightly different. Mm. I'm not sure if it was different in a good way, <laughs> <laughs> but at least they were trying to do something a little different than just another chase chase formula. At least the first, okay, the first one, there was a romance, and the second one, there was the psychological trauma of Sarah Connor, which that was a shade that, you know, that was interesting. Uh, the third one, I can't think of anything from the third that that, that was uh, worthwhile. That's the one I famously have watched. I think I watched it in a dream, put it that way. <laughs> I think I, I thought I had seen this movie more than once, but it was so unfamiliar. So maybe I only saw it at the theater. Yeah, I saw. Th- you know, I don't go to the theater to see movies. I saw this movie in the theater because yeah. it was this theater where I lived in Arizona was like the second theater in the country to get these D box motion seats. You know, they they move when the there's action. You know, if there's an explosion, your seat rocks. And I was curious to try it out. So that's why I went to see this movie. And that's the there's only ex- reason why. There's an explosion. Your seat throws you across the room. <laughs> <laughs> you smell the blood. And the... Um, so it was released May 21st, 2009, just days after we found out the Sarah Connor Chronicles wasn't coming back. Uh, the director of this movie, McGee, kind of blamed the Sarah Connor Chronicles for this movie not performing well, said it lessened the impact of having a new Terminator movie. Hmm. Which I never understood the reasoning until I read that quote from G why they don't want to have like a TV show and a movie at the same time. But I guess I understand the reasoning if I don't necessarily agree with that. That makes no sense because look at the Marvel universe. They have TV shows and they have movies and it's a juggernaut. Like Well, I mean it works in your favor if it's a good movie and a good T V show, but it works to your detriment if it's a good a bad if one of them is bad, it affects the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think they blame Smallville for Superman Returns not doing well. <laughs> Superman Returns just wasn't that great. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean that's to find an exactly. excuse. 
So let's just uh, let's just uh, look at everything but the obvious. <clears throat> yeah, I watched this movie. So um, so when I go to India, it's a really 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 long flight, and one leg of it is about fourteen hours. And so um, I tried to take Ambien to help myself fall asleep. Here's <laughs> the problem with Ambien is that you have to fall asleep in order for it to work, and or you know like be in a in a place where you can sleep. I found myself watch like being on Ambien. And um, not being able to fall asleep, not getting comfortable and always getting jostled awake um, and ending up watching this movie. And so that's what I remember of this movie, like this and the horrible Wolverine movie, like both of them I watched on this long ass flight. I have to yeah. say that, like, I thought it was terrible then, but then I watched it again sober and uh, just for you guys leading up to here. And honestly, like, I was like, I wish I was on Ambien. Um, it's <laughs> it's it was it's not like. It's not as bad as that Wolverine movie, um, but <laughs> I don't even know which. I mean, it's the first Wolverine movie. The second one was yeah. fine, um, but um, it was um, it was just dark and it was just it didn't hold my interest very much. So. It's uh, twenty eight <sighs> weeks later on Ambien, and I really don't remember much about it. <laughs> it's just, it's a good movie. You just I I remember everything I on Ambien whenever I take it. It's just that it's all in this weird. Like, like it's like it happened in a dream, and that's how this movie was. It's like it, like it happened yeah. in a dream, and then I wished it happened in a dream because then I wouldn't be spending time watching this movie. <laughs> anyway, I'm making it sound worse than it was, but yeah, it was written by John Brancato and Michael Ferris, who wrote the last movie because apparently they were supposed to film, I guess, three and four at the same time, but I don't know. I guess it got caught up in some kind of legals. Stuff. And I guess Jonathan Nolan and Paul Haggis came back and added some more to this movie. And I think Sean Ryan also made some changes to the script. So this movie is supposed to be in the same universe as the third movie, right? Because the know. character of John Connor's wife carries over. Yeah, I think, yeah, they're another supposed to be done simultaneously. I read a lot last night and don't remember a lot, okay. but it was just, it got caught up in some kind of legal dispute and then. One company bought the rights, you know, making this movie. McGee was brought on. And I read somewhere that he had actually uh, signed Robert Patrick to be in both of the movies he was supposed to make, but then just decided not to be the dead horse. Hmm. That's funny because I, I logged on to IMDb just now and it said that it's got a picture of Bryce Dallas Howard, like right on the front page. Congratulations to Bryce Dallas Howard, the star of Jurassic World. And director of Soulmates, S O L E, was presented with the IMDb Star Meter Award. Ooh, at the Sundance Film Festival. So, uh, yes. she played Kate. Kate. Kate yeah. Connor, uh, totally wasted in this movie. And that's a shame. She was in I the movie her. for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a, that's a shame. great actress. Um, so, it had a $200 million budget and made $371 million considered a flop <laughs> or maybe not a flop but not the, not the success they wanted it to be and full disclosure I watched this movie two nights ago and I got in late last night and couldn't make myself watch it again to do a recap so <laughs> <laughs> I was going to use the summary from the Terminator wiki hey when Spartacast comes later this year there won't be any fucking recaps okay? I'm yeah we're not doing that we're not doing that yeah watch the show <laughs> yes yeah. oh my gosh um, I can't wait for that 
I've, lo- I've been meaning to rewatch that show, and it's a uh, good reason. Matt, are you going to watch along with us? Sparta? Uh, Sparta? Yes. Spartacus. Spartacus? Uh, I have no way to get the show. Oh, it's not on Canadian Netflix. It's on American can. Netflix. Oh, yeah. maybe. I don't know. We can, we, can act, we can get you the show. Yeah, I think <laughs> we, we can figure out a way to remedy that. But yeah, check your Netflix. Yeah, I'll check it. Check it right now. Uh, <laughs> check it right now. <laughs> All right. We'll wait. <laughs> um, I challenge you guys to at least figure out a couple things that you like about this movie. Uh, no, I, know, I was thinking about it earlier, what I could say positive about the movie. So I already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't hate it. Like, you know, it's not it's not like um, an abomination. It's so it's not like there, there are positive things about it. Um, it's just that um, for me, it wasn't like necessarily memorable or something that I would like, you know, really choose to watch again. Um, and I had a lot of questions and it made me feel slightly stupid. And I also wondered where Sam Worthington went. Like, remember, because he was hot, hot stuff, and he was in everything, and then he just poofed. Yeah, he had, like, you know, Avatar I, sequel. Yeah, well, he's going to do those at some point, right? Yeah, but that'll, that'll be still happening. Only. That'll be voice only if he does. That won't help his brand recognition. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess the, the character kind of looks something like him. Oh, he's a blue thingy now, isn't he? Yep. And now be okay. uh, maybe they'll do flashbacks. <laughs> I just saw a uh, like a trailer for here it is. It's a movie called Paper Planes. I saw it somewhere, like in a hotel or something. And he's playing some kid's dad. Like, oh, uh, you went you went to playing ooh. a kid's dad? Like, ready? Like, I mean, he's, he's old enough, but still, it's sort of like he yeah, action hero he, too. Yeah, he peaked pretty fast. Uh, so this is so what he's called like, the Gerard Butler effect. Is, is the main <laughs> yeah so true is, is the main ki- is the main character the the kid and he plays the dad of the kid is that it yes I think so uh, yeah that's that's not good for your well, the Rock played somebody's dad in that San Andreas movie but the Rock is the oh my God the Rock huh <laughs> yeah but he's a, he's a star and he's been a star for a long time mm-hmm. it's just in, in Netflix medium. Netflix Canada does have Spartacus. There you go. Yes. <laughs> um, say McG directed this. He di- yeah, directed those. What's happened to him recently as well? He he's, moved to television. He's a producer on a lot of shows like Supernatural and some show called The Mystery of Laura. Uh, my mom watches that. Chuck. <laughs> uh, on, um, on Firewall and Iceberg, rest in peace, they used to call it a Cop Mom, Mom Cop. It was a mom, <laughs> cop, cop, mom. Terrible show. My mother loves it, though. Is this a Canadian show? The Mysteries of Laura? I might be confusing with another show. No, I don't. No, I, it's not. Like, I always think of Rosalia Niles and, you know, just all of them as one big long thing. So, I've never. Yeah, I don't think I. I think I thought it was just another name for Rosalia Niles, but I don't think either one of those people have daughters. I don't know. Oh, it's got Deborah Messing in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that My explains parents a lot. I love Rosalia Niles. My dad likes uh, Angie Harmon. <laughs> All right, synopsis. The movie, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one. So it's, we start in 2003 with Marcus right on death row in Texas. And Miss Serena Kogan from Cyberdyne. It's revealed at the end of the scene that she works with Cyberdyne or somewhere in the scene. She wants him to donate his organs for research, help with the future of humanity. And at first he doesn't want to, but he says, I'll do it in exchange for a kiss. And, um, and then he burns her real hard. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like Damn. how the guards are like, hey, you can't do that. Oh, well, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to die anyway. I know, right? So let's, I mean... Hey, what do you say? Oh, well, I guess we can... Quotes, okay. <laughs> but yeah, then he gets killed by lethal injection, and the last thing he sees is Dr. Kogan. And Dr. Kogan is the wonderful Helena Bottom Carter. I love her. <laughs> she's crazy as hell. <laughs> she's. I think she may really be. Kind yeah, of... <laughs> I think I think that's just her because like there, I've never. I mean, except for the one where she won the um, Oscar or what have you, like the first one, the English one. Yeah. You know the period piece. Um, I forget what it's called, but um, you. she's yeah, we're with you. Um, but aside from that, she's just this, and <laughs> I really think she might be like this. In the comic, I don't know if the Salvation comic book is canon, but in the comic book, she got a message from her future self telling her like what she needed to do to you know, I guess create this hybrid or whatever. She must have done something uh, recently that was. A quote-unquote normal movie, something. She must have been something. She can't be all crazy. Yeah. She was married to Tim Burton, so she's got to be a little crazy. She still is, isn't she? Oh, she is. Okay, I don't know. Well, yeah, I think they're one oh. of those like true Hollywood couples—the weirder and the weirder, like the weirder. You know, they their weird goes together. Um, I could be wrong. I don't really keep up on these things, but I, don't, I haven't heard of anything of them splitting up at all. I think my favorite movie of hers is Fight Club. I think she's just. Great in that. Yeah. Um, geez. Bellatrix. So we skipped to 2018. We're almost there, guys. <laughs> I know. In timeline. Um, in timeline. <laughs> Not in chronology. Or one of the two. I don't know. I can see this is where I get confused and feel stupid. <laughs> so John Connor and company are assaulting some Skynet facility to get some data. And they find out about some new enemy that the Skynet is creating, the T-800. Okay, so I have to ask you guys a question since um, do you watched this after watching this um, series, yeah? Yeah. Not so me. what did you... Well, yeah, me neither. Um, I watched <laughs> this one So, no, I just want to ask the people who saw it, Karnal, like, what did the, like, John Connor, like, this was kind of... Um, I don't know, what did you think of this portrayal of John Connor after so soon after watching the series? I don't remember what I thought back then. I think he was just different. I was really excited about seeing an older John Connor, though, but I don't know if I really liked Christian Bale. I did not like... He was, like, just generic soldier dude who yells yells a lot, both on and off set. (laughs) He doesn't get a whole lot of development in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I it's it's so funny because like when I first saw it, you know, I don't really have any opinions on John Connery anyway. And you know, like I said, I was ambient hay, so I didn't really think about it. But then after watching um, Mr. Decker and watching this, I was like, you know what? I, I I really would have loved to see maybe not in this movie, but it just it just kind of made me nostalgic for <laughs> seeing that we just finished <laughs> that last podcast like last week. <laughs> it made me nostalgic for uh for. <laughs> Is his name John Decker? Why don't I know his first name? Thomas, Thomas Decker. Decker. Thomas Decker. Okay, so I knew it couldn't be John. Thomas Decker. I just, I just well, don't know why. 
I just don't know why he has to yell all the time and do the Batman voice when he's not yelling. Like, he was <laughs> doing the Batman voice. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Uh, and here's the thing, uh, like, Christian, Christian Bale is a really good actor, like in like some of his other like non-Batman pieces, <laughs> you know, like it, what, the Wrestler, I guess, or what, you know, when he gets really, in, or you know, American Psycho, or is it that, you know, the one he got really skinny for, when he gets really method about it. But I have a feeling that like when he can't get really method about it, he just gets angry. Yeah, like I bet that I bet that famous clip came from that, that one line where he was like. Where he was like yelling into the microphone, he's like, "If we stay the course, we are dead. We are all dead." I'm like, "Holy crap! Get out of my light!" <laughs> You're in I was my wondering which scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he mentioned in the clip when he's yelling at the guy that he uh, the guy walked up behind Bryce. So I'm wondering like which scene it was. Mm. Yeah, because she was only in like two. Yeah. <laughs> I can maybe you know what he she's he's defending Bryce Dallas Howard you know she's barely in the movie make sure you don't ruin the the two she, scenes <laughs> she's in that's fine uh, why is John Connor he's like so distrusting of this Terminator but he had such a good relationship with Cameron so <laughs> I don't yeah. know how that tracks timeline. keep in mind I haven't actually watched the last couple uh, Sarah Connors yet well for the movies the Sarah Connor Chronicles never happened and. They're thinking, but still, yeah. I guess he, you know, somebody pointed that out, and you know, they were like, "Yeah, he didn't trust." Uh, in T two, he didn't trust Arnold at first until he, you know, saved his life. I think that um, mistrust is just in his nature because if you think about it, his mom never trusted anything, so his inherent go-to is not trust. I mean, even in the beginning of the series, it's not like, "Oh, yeah, Cameron trusts Cameron," and then so he just trusts everybody. It's like a case by case, you know. It's certainly, he, he, it seems like he either has a very short memory, or there's a lot of timeline uh, timelines being erased, or who knows. But it's very inconsistent. Uh, this character, mm. you never really sure. be sure what version of John Connor I'm getting. I think that can be said of the entire Terminator franchise. Mm-hmm. It's very it's inconsistent. Yeah, and you can always kind of like wave your fingers at it because it's like time, you know, and you know maybe it's just the whole time thing. Just causes things to create multiple universes, and who knows? He surely remembered that Guns N' Roses song from his youth. <laughs> he went riding down the street to that. Um, uh, Helen and Bottom Carter and Tim Burton are no longer together. Uh, and she was very so normal in the movie The King's Speech, where she played oh, the queen. Oh, Good I didn't see that. And she was super normal. So that must be like you know before Tim before Tim Burton after Tim Burton she just gets crazy with Tim Burton. I think I like her with Tim Burton. I don't think that I want to know that she's not longer with him. Well, I think that movie was like a palate cleanser for her. I certainly yeah. enjoyed it, but Social Network should have won that year. Sorry, well keep going. Yeah. I never saw the King's Speech. Anyway, so they send John Connor up to check on some troops, and all the troops are dead, and there are some explosions and. John is certainly attacked by a T-600 and just barely kills it before it can kill him. They talk about the T-600, I think, in the Sarah Connor Chronicles as well. This is why he has so much distrust. He just keeps on almost getting killed by so many things. 
I've mentioned it before, but why every time the Terminators get somebody within their grasp, they just throw them away? <laughs> oh, this Matt, movie... haven't you learned anything? Uh, I thought about movie... you when I was watching this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, every episode, I'm like, oh, no, here's another one. Let them get away. Yeah, yeah I mean, I finally got you. I'm going to toss you over there. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of seemed in this one like they were trying to kill humans. More so yeah. than other ones. I don't know. They had to toss them like three times before they finally went for the choke, the choke out. And I think the- it's just because, you know, I really think that the first Terminator was a horror movie and it was so good at like the fact that they were relentless and that's all they were like, just because they're big and that's, that's what they do. That's why they're called Terminators. And so when they just don't do that, and if that's like their sole mission and there's other things complicating their programming, that it just becomes slightly disappointing to Matt. <laughs> they're just trying so- to make it interesting. Yeah, the thrill of the hunt. No, I, if if he's not going to kill them as soon as he gets his hand on them, just never have the Terminator catch up to them. <laughs> it makes no it sense. Was his mission. It's not. It wasn't his mission. And also, how like that huge know. explosion? How did uh did uh generic what's his face hybrid Terminator man uh how did his you know flesh not get destroyed and that whole bunker he was in just completely got obliterated. <laughs> Oh, um... That a polymer... And then he came out of the mud later, and he was fine. Marcus. Marcus, uh, that's Marcus, it. yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I can't remember his name, I just said it. Sam. Um, <laughs> so John goes back to headquarters. He meets with the resistance leaders, tells General Ashdown, which is an interesting name, Skynet's more advanced than it should be, and... They tell him they've discovered this frequency that could shut Skynet down. So he's going to try to test the signal. And Ristens also has a kill list. Number two on the list is John. Number one is Kyle Reese. Bum, bum, bum. I'm like, how do they know about Kyle Reese? Yeah, they never like, knew about him before. And McGee said that, yeah, they've gained some intel. They know that John Connor is alive, so their attempt to kill what is it their attempt to kill uh sarah cutter must not have worked so like how do they i guess they I guess the missions happened at different times the skynet mission and the resistance mission so when did he know. say this i guess when the movie came out he the was fact that you to have explain. to say that is is not that's a bad sign and they can only go so far back they can't kill john's grandfather and grandmother. No. no. At least not yet. No, they can't. <laughs> it's all about Kyle Reese. Only one generation. So, yeah, Michael Ironside. I like Michael Ironside. <laughs> I do too. Yep. He was, a, he, was a plus. he was a plus in this movie. Yeah. Hmm. He's a plus in everything he's in. Yeah. Uh, did y'all play Splinter Cell? Yeah. I played the first one. I just have so much trouble with the stealth action genre, but I did like listening to Michael. I love him in Top Gun. <laughs> it wasn't even, I heard you I never watched it but he was in a TV show and I heard the TV show wasn't very good but I think that he was good in it I remember that but that's the last time I heard of him I don't know he's been I, around it, the industry for so long that I bet he has mm-hmm. some great stories I bet he should he should write like a book or have a uh, book yeah, written he was on Smallville wasn't he he was um, Lois's dad oh that sounds about right no, but he actually starred in a TV show. Like, he was... I'll, I'll figure it out. Anyway, I just heard word of that, and I'm like, you know what? I really want to watch that just for him, but 
Eh. You start an iron side, right? No. But you should have. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking that of. Was... You should have been in was... the Ironside remake instead of was it Blair Underwood? Yeah, Blair Underwood. Should have been Michael Ironside. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Wouldn't blame it. Wouldn't put it past me. So Marcus wakes up and just kind of stumbles around and ends up running into LA into the desert and the city's in ruins and he gets rescued. No, you, you, you ran into Fallout, or Fallout. Fallout <laughs> First dog meat. Pretty much. It, it reminds the whole world reminds me of way more than Terminator. It reminds me of Fallout and Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Well, that clown shop was very much like a, a Fallout kind of aesthetic. And this this Terminator that he sees, this is a guy in a suit, isn't it? Because it looks all jerky, herky-jerky, like it's like a, a wobbly head on a body and stuff. It's a T-600, Matt. I know, I know, but I mean, in, real, in real life. This one. That had to be, like, a guy in a suit. It didn't... Yeah. This is... So this movie was very dark <laughs> for me. Like, just... It was grim, grimy and everything, but it was also lit very dark. It was like... I don't know. I wonder, did they do that to cover up some of the effects? Or was it the same for you? I didn't notice it so What do you mean, much. like, I'm... literally dark or dramatic? Yeah, no, no, literally, literally dark, literally dark. No, it wasn't dark enough, it all took place in the day. <laughs> oh, okay, well, then. It was, I thought the lighting was fine, but I, I the color correction really bothered me, how everything was tinted in a very generic mm-hmm. kind of way. Mm-hmm. Was there, like, Someone posted an article about the coloring in this movie. You mean, like, the contrast cool. between shadow and light was too yeah, much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he gets rescued by Kyle Reese and Star. Kyle Reese is Mr. Anton Yelchin, who's Scotty in the Star Trek remakes. Oh, he's not. Alpha Dogs. Not Scotty, he's, um. Chekhov. 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 Nuclear Whistle. He was also in, um, Hearts in Atlantis, which, uh, I saw in the theater and was a very, I, I think that's a really good movie. Actually. And we watched him recently on Vamps on the Defenders podcast. No, it wasn't right. Vamps. It was uh, it was a Fright Night remake. I was gonna say I don't remember him from Vamps. Oh, yeah. It was Fright I Night. I remember Taylor Negron's head. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He's also clumsy Smurf in the Smurfs movie. Some, some Smurfs movies. By the way, you guys, I was thinking of the show called Ironside, not Michael Ironside. <laughs> <laughs> I feel stupid. Oh, he was in Taken, the miniseries. I haven't watched that since. series for Taken? No, it's oh, completely Taken, unrelated. It's it's it came the, before um, the movies. The UFO one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh. The one with the fanning girl. Yeah. Um, that one. Dakota so, yeah. or the other one? Well. Yeah, it's probably Dakota. I think it was Dakota fanning. Because yeah. this was way back when Sci-Fi Channel was before they fell awesome. off the earth. Now they're coming back. <laughs> So he has to, Kyle has to, oh yeah, and Kyle does my favorite line that better be in every Terminator thing from now on. Come with me if you want to live. Mm. Sorry, I don't apologize for, well, I don't sincerely apologize for liking that. <laughs> how do you like, the, um, how did you like the delivery? It wasn't the best delivery, but, <laughs> um. We'll take it? I'll take it. I'm not, who does have the best, I don't know, I have to think about it. I wouldn't say summer did it best, but probably. I go with the original. It was one yeah. that you know he wasn't. I don't know. Maybe it's nostalgia, but I think that he did the best. 
So he, they tell him about Judgment Day and they take him back to their little base and he fixes a radio and they pick up a message from John Connor and John is making this message hoping that it'll find Kyle. And by and coincidence it does. Yeah, or it gives them uh, This is really weird how Kyle doesn't question why Marcus doesn't have any knowledge of the world that he's in. Yeah. It's sort of like, well, wait, you don't know what happened? You don't know about Judgment Day? You don't know what Terminators are? Who are you? Yeah. What's going on? These would be my yeah. questions, but Kyle just doesn't care. And so that's when I felt like... Go ahead. Right. I know, go. So that's why I start, when I started feeling a little dumb. Like, you know, as I'm watching this for the first time, just being like, wait a second. Something, you know, doesn't make sense. But I thought it was me. Just so figured it was when, me. When, uh, in this timeline, when is Judgment Day again? Was it like 2003 or something? I'm not sure they said it. In... Well, they said it in T3, and if this follows yeah. in T3... Well, yeah, if it's T3, then... Hmm. Uh, it might be in the little text part at the beginning. Mm. Maybe the timeline has changed again. Yeah. Yeah, w- anyways, I think it's early enough on that, yeah, it wouldn't be plausible that there'd be somebody who would- didn't know what happened <laughs> and what was going on. Even if, Even if it's I don't know. I figured like my next question would be, who are you? Why don't you know this? It's suspicious. It's strange. He doesn't follow up with any questions at all. This guy took his gun, so he's not going to ask those hard questions. Um, <laughs> so they're going to leave to go meet John Connor, or at least that's what uh, Kyle wants to do. Marcus wants to go to San Francisco, and they are detected by Skynet. And they recognize Kyle. Oh, and also Kyle doesn't know what music is. What? Mm. I feel he should have been, you know, an older There's child. Still music. Well, There's still music even, in Fallout. <laughs> and even yeah, and even I think he would have been, you know, like probably between six and ten, probably when the world ended. Right. Well, we saw him as a kid, as a little kid playing, um, you know, catch right with his brother. Yeah, Where was his, his brother, brother? By the way, where's well, Derek? The, that's happening? all. That's all the TV show. It's not. It's not part of this. It's not. That connected. makes no sense. If you're gonna, if you're gonna tell a story across different platforms, have I know? Have, yeah, there's two separate mythology. There's two separate. Yeah, yeah. There's two separate Terminator mythologies in the same year. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they played that Alice in Chains song in the radio. Um, that was. Uh, that was just pandering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So they get to this housing, I guess it was the 7-Eleven where some people were shacking up, and they led, well, they end up feeding Star and uh, Kyle. Somebody's car alarm is going off. Um, then, so, yeah, they don't want to give the travelers gas at first, but I guess they agree to. But then one of the harvesters, one of the Skynet's harvesters comes along, and starts killing or snatching up people. These are new robots but, that were never in any other movie. <laughs> they did kill some people, didn't they? Uh, yeah, they or shot they some people, them. blew them up <laughs> when they were trying to get away in cars. And when Kyle and um, when they're trying to get away, these Moto Terminators start chasing them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Moto Terminators? <laughs> <laughs> I liked them. I, I'll say I liked all the different Terminator like uh, 
machine creatures like the snakes so and the uh, transformers. <laughs> and I like the big one, the the War of the Worlds one, where it picks people up and puts them in cages. I mean, that's straight out of uh, the War of the Worlds. Uh, but Spielberg yeah, movie. but visually, I, I like all that. Yeah, but visually, it resembles Transformers, like Will said. <laughs> but uh, I really I, l- I did like how McGee directed the action in this movie. Yeah, is is very well done. It's just the story. Yeah, I don't know. I think the t- Moto Terminators were doing some unnecessary maneuvering at that point, just showing off. Or, <laughs> okay, we can do this. No. Well, it was a good. It was. I like this whole gas station sequence. I thought it was pretty, pretty nicely directed and exciting as far as action goes. Yeah, Kyle and Star get captured. Marcus tries to follow him, but he gets knocked off in the water. And some of uh, the resistance, they're um, trying to figure out what's going on in that part of the world and send some planes there. Um, one of them gets shot. Well, they both end up getting shot down, but one of them ejects and she gets rescued by Marcus. And Marcus is going to follow her back to the resistance base to meet John Connor. This lady was like a more tolerable... Um uh, Jesse, or was it Jesse? <laughs> yeah, she looks kind of yeah. like. Jesse. Yeah, she's yeah. Blair Williams played by Moon Bloodgood. Awesome name, very. Yeah. Is, is she a? Is she of Native American descent? I think so. I would say with that name, probably. <laughs> well, and she had the yeah. She had the, like the face paint too. <sighs> she was also she in was... um. She was in the Falling Skies, and she yeah. really annoyed me in that show. Um, I liked her here. I, she really annoyed me in that show because all the women in that show, it was like, you know, post, it was, um, you know, apocalyptic or post apocalyptic, um, kind of dystopian future, what have you. Um, but they all had their hair down. Like they did not tie their, it was all grimy and they all had fingerless gloves. Like, you know, the typical, like, we're on the run refugee type things. They're all dirty, but all the women had their long hair not tied back. It just made no sense. I could not watch that show because of that. Hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Remember the old Axed podcast had fun saying she had too many O's in her name. It was a podcast <laughs> that talked about canceled shows and they talked about Journeyman. She was on that show. I, you know, she ought to be, she ought to be a bigger star. She, she certainly, she, I thought she was re- pretty good in this and she's very pretty. Uh, why isn't she? Why are there not movie vehicles for her? Like, um, she would, we've like, given she Sam Worthington a shot. Why can't we give Moon Bloodgood a shot? Give her a franchise. I think things are going to turn around after Star Wars. <laughs> Is she I mean, Wars? Well, I mean, it's the biggest movie ever, and it's female lead. Yeah, but it's it's Star Wars. It's, oh, there's I no see question what you're saying. That wasn't going to be big, you know. Um, I know it had some success coming to it, no matter what. But I think people some are, success, yeah. Star Wars, yeah. people are connecting with with the character, and they're. Yeah. I think it's going to change things. I think uh, I would point toward maybe the Hunger Games more as a female-driven movie that could possibly change the landscape. Yeah, but that's young adult crap. <laughs> uh, I was searching on my phones because I wanted to play the journeyman theme song and i found an email i wrote to the axed podcast on january 3rd 2009 about journeyman i'm not gonna read it but i thought that was fun (laughs) 
But yeah, she this character is supposed to be like the strong female character that you see in every Terminator movie. She still had to be think, saved, though. I don't think they use her enough. I they don't use that. any of the female characters enough. They barely... So, I, they may, you can say they didn't use the male characters very well either. <laughs> so... I will say that, you know, that's one thing I do like about the um, Terminator franchise is that usually um, I appreciate the way, you know, female characters are strong and tough. Um, but I really don't think that this was this was one of them. And honestly, um, the latest one was horrible. So um, but at least like, you know, it was female led. But this was just like it was like the first Terminator um anything that really had some like where the men were in the forefront yeah we're not a major and like the females weren't a major part you know played a major part and it was a little disappointing at that i mean i think she did well sure. i mean i honestly do but i just don't think that it was it was just too too much testosterone that's true i think you might have a point there i never even thought about that but i think that may have subconsciously affected my like my liking this movie is like the the previous things were like you said they're all very empowering to f- female characters similar to Alien and Aliens and but uh, you know he saves her twice because he saves her from the plane yeah. and catches her from falling and uh, then later on she gets ambushed by those guys and she's gonna take them all on and that's all great oh yeah a little bit you're of, right a little bit of a sequence but then she ends up on the ground before Marcus shows up so. Yeah. Uh, then she, of course, she saves him through the power of, where she... of heart and her female intuition and empathy. <laughs> yeah, on their way back after uh, he saves her, is this where she does she take her top off or? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I think too. It's director's cut. Yeah, but a that's a little concerning. That's all you have when... doing. Yeah, because uh, when the movie came out, it got the PG thirteen rating. We're like, oh, we don't want a PG thirteen Terminator. And, I remember she made a statement saying that she did her part to get an R rating, the actress did. Mm. So in the director's cut, I think. So, yeah, so Marcus gets hurt by a mine, and she rushes him to the um, infirmary back at the resistance base where Kate Connor examines him and gives him a what-the-fuck kind of look. <laughs> and Barnes, Lieutenant Barnes... Um, Played by Common, knocks him out. How do they knock him out? He's got a metal skull. It's a robot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's a program to. And at the very beginning, when Connor shoots that Terminator in the head to finish it off, how's his bullet pierce the Terminator's head? Yeah, Where's the laser gun? Where are the laser bullets? guns? This was my first, uh, <laughs> one, at least one of my earlier notes. Uh, Matt oh. will be upset that there aren't any lasers because he likes yeah. lasers. Yeah, well, I mean, it is. 2018 and not 2027 like in the original but I, I assume the laser guns will come but like <laughs> you would think bullets would have zero effect on fighting you know be useless in fighting this war in Fallout they have both lasers and regular bullets so yeah it's whatever you can scrounge up various lunch pails and lockers and drawers <laughs> oh there should have been more it? scrounging in this movie yes <laughs> <laughs> Collecting everything you yeah. come across, scrap, scrapping things. Should have yeah. found a bobblehead and put a point in luck. Slapping sure. shit together with duct tape and glue. Hey, where's my guy? <laughs> when you need no him. <laughs> um, I wanted to say that the sequence of when they're going through the minefield 
this is one of the few times where I thought this, the movie was very visually striking. They did something with the color palette here that was different from the rest of the movie and the way that the trees were arranged and, and how it looked. I thought, well, this looks really pretty. But that was the time. Yeah, I don't really remember that. Like, I'm going to have to go back and look at that because honestly, the color really bothered me. It wasn't the fact that it was dark. You guys were right. It's just like the color, something about the color. Um, it was, I guess it was an aesthetic that they decided to, you know, just go with. It's just that it didn't work for me. So I'm going to have to go back and see if this was this part was different. Yeah, I think if you go back and you look at this, you'll see that uh, it's got like a, a hue, like, like a pink hue that is really actually kind of pretty. And it's different from the sort of just beige-ness of the rest of it. Wow. That means watching it again. No, it means watching <laughs> one part of it again. Yes. I'm going to like, let's let's find the timestamp. <laughs> So yeah, when Marcus wakes up, well, he's a filtration unit, so maybe he's programmed to, you know, when so much pressure gets applied to the head, go unconscious. I don't Stop know. trying to justify it. <laughs> so, yeah, see, oh, I well, feel like this this movie wasn't meant to be watched again, you know, with future knowledge known. Because um, I don't, I don't know, like now, like when I watch it the second time, it's not like I, it's not like it made so much more sense. Oh, she said, uh, Kate said that the brain and heart are the only real organs left. Um, Marcus finds out that he's human. He's taped over this like missile shaft or not taped, but chained. <laughs> <laughs> Still thinking fallout. And the timestamp is 59 minutes, 42 seconds. Thank okay. you. <laughs> so he screams and John is asking him questions, I guess, like who? Where was he programmed or whatever who sent him? And just orders that he'd be kept restrained. You and me have been at war since before I was born. You tried to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. You tried to kill me. <laughs> I'm, I'm Batman. He sounds like he's dying. Oh, he, he sounds like he has like a something in his throat, like a voice box. <laughs> you see a terrible Almost throat and lip cancer. He's, a, he's, he's like a smoker. Smoking. Yeah. yeah for, um, so have we heard, is this the point where we've heard like some of Sarah's recordings? He's been listening to them. Maybe they come later. Those, yeah. Those um, were new recordings by, by uh, Linda, Linda Hamilton. And that was neat that they got her, but eh. <laughs> I'm not, they didn't win me over. I read something, I guess, like when they were writing, they kind of got, you know, maybe some of the writers, maybe Christian Bale, whatever, and they were trying to suggest like which references they want to make to, you know, throw back to the early movies. They kind of decided <laughs> they on which ones to keep. Sorry. I was just laughing because I was just thinking they could have taken some of Lena Headey's monologues. <laughs> yeah. Three dots. Uh, dreadful. Uh, um, yeah, so Blair doesn't, you know, want to accept that he's part of Skynet, and she ends up going in and releasing him, and she ends up getting captured so he can't escape, and John chases after him, uh, but before he gets killed by some hydrobots, Marcus saves him, and they make a deal. Uh, yeah, Marcus says, you need me to get into Skynet, and they're gonna free Kyle. So Marcus ends up getting in the, getting the Skynet and shutting down the turrets guarding the wall, and John can get in. You know, this is weird, because 
John says, you know, my father Kyle Reese is out there. And Marcus says, I met your father. But never says, hey, I got a question. Why is your father younger than you? (laughs) 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 It's like, this is fucked up, so I'll just accept anything. I also, I don't know, I was just thinking about the movie. um, With this movie, I feel like, I don't know, for a hero, I feel like they're both vying for like that. On <clears throat> the main character, feels like a, a like a I don't know. It bothered me in this movie. Do you get, do you guys you know what I mean? Like usually there's like a, a main character and kind of rooting for him or whatever. And there's it feels like uh, Christian Bale had too much of like a hero status and just like some I don't know. It bothered me in this scene particularly whenever they interacted. Yeah, which one's the hero? <laughs> like we're trying to outact the... each other or trying to like one up each other. You know, I mean like the actors were as opposed to just the characters. It wasn't helped by the characters, though. Well, I mean, Sam Worthington was coming up and trying to take Christian Bale's, like, leading man action hero roles yeah, away from him. <laughs> that's what I felt like. It felt like the Indian, and Christian Bale was like, I'm not going to let you know. I can yell <laughs> louder than you. <laughs> this is the point of the movie, though. Adversaries becoming allies and all that. So, But it felt like they were becoming Normally. adversarial. I mean, like, the actors were. Like I said, it's, it has nothing to do with the, the story, but it just kind of occurred to me in the scene that... You know, it was. It just felt like there was like an ego thing between the actors. Uh, I think it might be an ego thing between Christian Bale and, <laughs> on his side, probably more than Sam Worthington. No, I, I believe, yeah. completely believe that. But I'd get a beer with Sam Worthington before I would Christian Bale. Just saying, he seems like a nicer guy. I'd be scared of knowing Christian nothing Bale. about him. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that he, uh, he never yelled at a poor crew, crew guy that we at least that we know of. Yeah, he. Yeah, he probably didn't say very much to him at all. I don't know. I just feel like I, I thought of this at the time. Like he doesn't have that like it factor to me, you know. That kind of like I, like I just want to watch him, um, Sam Worthington. I mean, and so it does feel a little bit like I never understood like why people were putting him in so many um, leading man roles because he never seemed to be. He kind of just kind of was like almost like milk toast to me. Maybe Jai- that's what I was feeling too. Jai Courtney's the new Sam Worthington. <laughs> you know, completely, I completely agree. In yeah. so many really? ways, because I thought he was good on Spartacus, or was he not? Oh, I'm he sorry. was, and I, I actually liked him in that. And then, then you know, it's not the. I, I don't think it's the actor. I think it's these roles. These roles don't allow much room for expression. And I heard, and he, and I guess the last couple of roles, you're right, because he hasn't really picked good ones. And somebody was saying something about I don't really watch trailers to movies I really want to see. So he was in something I don't remember. Like he was in a trailer for something, and everybody was really excited about him. It could be Suicide Squad. That yeah. might be it. Yeah. People were really jacked up on, on like, you know, uh, about him particularly, so maybe Who, you're right. Who's in Suicide <clears throat> Jack Courtney or Sam Worthington? Yeah. Jack Courtney. <laughs> Jack Courtney. Okay. So I th- what right. I'm saying is that you could be right. Like, it, it just might be um, the fact. Because he was, I, I did like him in Spartacus a lot. He's in those um, insurgent, divergent. Well, he was in the new Terminator. We all have to go watch Paper Planes or whatever the hell that Australian movie about. <laughs> <laughs> throwing about a paper plane competition is about, and then come back whether or not uh, Sam Worthington had charisma in that one or not. That will be the ultimate. That's that's what we're going to use to determine his his worthiness. <laughs> I'm going show. to put that on my list. Paper planes. paper planes. Like MIA reminds me of the song. I wonder if they use a the song. Oh, uh, all I want. You know, I feel like the reason why Bruce Willis was such a likable action hero was that his. The Die Hard movies had humor in them. I didn't see a lot of humor in Terminator Salvation, so yeah. I don't know. 
it's Have Christmas, you seen though. Or those uh, Clash of the Titans movies. I haven't seen those, though. I haven't seen the newer uh, Die Hard movies, Matt, but I just saw a clip from one on a Watch Mojo thing, and Bruce Willis killed, uh, um, oh, Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> oh, what? no. In one of the Die one of, I think it was a Die Hard movie that the clip was from. Oh, I think, yeah, really? I think he was in one. He was the villain in, like, the one with Justin Long, I think. What are okay. you guys telling me? You're blowing my mind. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> you me very upset right now. Just for your Die Hard. <laughs> Just Timothy Oliphant. Like, any, anything about him dying and, like, being killed by... I don't know. He appeared uh, to be my bad guy in the clip. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> He's been, bad. Yeah, he's been bad guys in some. Yeah, he's been villains before. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll always take uh, him over anyone else. Not anyone else, but most people. Well, he was. Jeez. Oliphant was in a couple episodes of The Office. Oh, yeah, oh. we have to. Those are bonus episodes for Hooplecast. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I forgot what else. where were we. Sorry, um, well. No, it's fine. So he gets. Well, okay. So yeah, he's deactivating security, and Doctor Kogan was well, really Skynet, but she takes that form. She tells him his true purpose. He's just just there to um, bring Connor and Reese into Skynet, so Skynet could kill them. This is a weird plan. There's no guarantee that this is going to work out this way. This is a long game. You know how the Skynet long plays game. long game. Like, what guarantee would there be that he would even meet John Connor? Just Zero. on the off chance. Well, they do have time travel, so. Well, if you kill all the humans, and <laughs> there are a few humans left, I guess there's a good chance. I don't know. One <laughs> yeah. of my notes here, Matt. Termies sure like to throw people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, what's no. the deal with the, this Muppet that's everywhere? She can't speak, um, but she's constantly <laughs> around. They're constantly having to pick her up. Or tell her to hide. Or oh, from she's to adorable. And Why is she there? The best parts of the movie. She puts a band-aid on him. Okay. She's, she gave um, him a bomb or a flare or something. and She's just a sidekick. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she's adorable. Her name's Star, played by Jada Grace. She had a show called The Jada Grace Show back in 2012. Hmm. <laughs> um... So yeah, they, uh, Marcus helps John locate Kyle Reese. Oh, she spells Jada Grace one word. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh, <laughs> don't approve. I saw that in the credits. I was like, uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> like lame. <laughs> oh. I don't approve of her name, but she's adorable in the movie. Um, so yeah, Marcus smashed the monitor, and at this time, General and the Resistance leaders are. Um, using that signal but it was really a location beacon and we have this HK that comes and destroys the sub. Oh I forgot to mention earlier in the movie when John Connor jumped in the fucking ocean in like what looked like I don't know the worst conditions you could possibly ever have in the ocean and he didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) Did he know the exact location? Uh, It didn't seem like he knew the exact location of that of that uh, sub. It was just like, it's down there somewhere. I'm going. Tell them to get divers ready. I don't know. John, you just ruined humanity's hopes by jumping in the wrong place. Yeah. Very risky. So, John, oh, this is where John runs into Arnold 
Mm-hmm. I think. So there was Arnold's face on somebody else's body. Which they did again recently. Yeah. It looks better now, but it still looks pretty good. Did you guys, did you guys like that effect? I think at the time I was kind of like, uh, but it looks good. (laughs) Wait, which one? They got the young, young Arnold. Oh, Mm, he's very plasticky, but he always kind of looks plasticky, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, like, I, this is something that I knew, like, I don't know. I don't know if it would have, Struck me different the first time I ran if I didn't know he was going to be in it like that. So I was kind of looking for it. Mm. Yeah, so John's fighting with that, and John and Kyle are getting away, and Marcus jumps in. It says that Arnold, this uh, recap says that they battle in single combat. <laughs> it sounds like the Game of Thrones episode. I challenge um, you to Mortal Combat. <laughs> um, but Marcus is beaten. Um, punches him in the heart, you mean? Yeah. Mm. And Marcus collapses, and Arnold chases John, and John fires a grenade into some lava, which pours over Arnold and molten metal. Then, yeah, cools him, freezes him solid. I had to watch this sequence about ten times because I kept getting distracted. I was buying a mattress online, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't bother. <laughs> I don't even really remember any of this happening. To tell the truth, I'm just reading. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I guess I got distracted too. I'm buying sheets right now while we talk. <laughs> <laughs> so John tries to revive Marcus, rips away the circuits, and brings him back to life. He shocks him, and he's immediately team. impaled. <laughs> Yeah, impales John through the chest, Arnold does, and Marcus thrusts it through the neck of the Arnold and decapitates it. So then they get John on a helicopter and take him away, but not before a star hands in the detonator and he blows up the facility. Those were, there were several nuclear devices, like nuclear detonations that went off, and they were just in a helicopter, and they are still above the facility... When he set it off, it should be dead. <laughs> the girl would like push the button and kill them all. <laughs> What's well, so the get... mm-hmm. Or or superpowers. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, so they get John away and he's dying. Um, so Marcus offers to give up his heart to save John because this is his second chance. So they do the heart transplant. And Marcus gives his coat to Kyle. And then they do open heart surgery in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, guys. A sterile environment. Yeah, sterile environment. John I Connor. Like the theme of this. Mm-hmm. The what the, of this? The theme. You know, giving okay. the Terminator's heart to John. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Like the like I said, there's the I didn't there are things in this movie that I'm that I that I that I think that if I have to say one thing, there were a lot of themes in this movie that I liked, and you know this whole heart to live on kind of thing, and it, there was like some poetry there. I mean, not great poetry, but it was there. Um, but this scene I didn't like because it was yucky. Yeah, this was a really good first draft. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like uh, Brad says, maybe they should have just had another draft or two. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> writing. I think, um, I think maybe I heard some other 
possible endings were yeah. that uh, oh, yeah. John Connor was actually going to die, and then uh, Marcus would take his face and be the new, and just be John Connor, pretend, yeah. pretend that he had never died. This that's oh, okay. right. No, that is right, and that's what maybe why I think the ego thing because wasn't it like uh, Christian Bale that didn't want that to happen or something? I think so. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know he was going to take his face. Lord, he was just going to yeah. take his face. Oh, maybe. Literally. Yeah. No, but he, yeah, but no. I think he was going to just assume. Yeah, assume the identity in one other way. So like, forever it would be like well forever for like you know whatever if this this had done well, um, it, Sam Worthington would be you know he he would be the. He'd be John the new face. Of the, yeah, he, yeah, he'd be the new new face of the series, right? So mm. I do think that um, maybe that's why sending there was so much tension because <laughs> literally it's like, oh, you will not become me. <laughs> I don't know, something going on. Mm. So it ends with a voiceover by John, <laughs> and he says the famous line his mother once said, which I actually kind of liked his delivery of that line. What was that? Oh, there's no fate but what we make. Hmm. Can't remember there's exactly a podcast how it went. called that. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we've been doing this past year? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Where what does it all mean? We're right back where we started. <laughs> Have to spend another year trying mm-hmm. to figure that out. Um, let's see. Any other notes that. Yeah. So the. Director's cut was about three minutes longer. <laughs> That's barely wow. <laughs> I know. The you... one was the topless scene, which I don't remember seeing, so I must have been distracted by something else. Yeah, uh, there was no topless scene, and unless oh, are you talking about the director's cut? Is that what you watched? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a scene where Moon Bloodgood covers her breast with her hands. She's not fully topless, but she. Oh. She's like in the rain. She covers her breasts, and then she kind of looks over and she sees uh, Marcus look at her, and then he looks away. And I don't really know what it means. Like, uh, I don't know the purpose of that. I know was, that would be very gratuitous. It serves no purpose. Like nudity for nude, you know, just to be nude is. I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, were they trying to make a point that he's doesn't have any sex drive because he's a machine, or is he just a nice? Like, I don't know what it means. Like, I don't know what this adds to the he's a gentleman's character he's a gentleman he's a nice person she's it reinforces maybe her belief that he's a good person who respects her i i don't know i guess so any quotes <laughs> that i didn't steal if we stay the course you are dead we are all dead <laughs> you tried killing my mother you tried killing my father you will not kill me <laughs> I don't even know if that's how he said it, but it's just so him. Oh, I missed the scene where, um, I guess it was when he was going off to, yeah, get Kyle where she rides his bike and you could be mine is playing. I guess that's an homage to T2. Yeah, that's. And he says the, yeah, I guess, what did he say? uh, Kate asked him a question and he's like, tell him that I'll be back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> same reaction I had. Yeah, that that song and that line, just pandering, pandering, pandering. Uh, not the future, um, not the warning. All right, so uh, I have a quote. 
Am I gonna walk around and rip your lights down, your fucking lights down in the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah da 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 da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? <laughs> what, you don't fucking understand? You got any fucking idea about, hey, it's fucking distracting every time you're walking around behind Bryce in the middle of a fucking scene? Give me a fucking answer. Why don't you get about it? <laughs> what Can I listen to that like three times the other day? And the da 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 got me every time. It's very hard to tell. You can't sound like a badass when you say. La da 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 da. You can't sound like a badass when you say like da 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 Oh my god. You are I want trash in my scene. <laughs> um hard to pull up because I can only find the transcript on one site and it kept saying you have an ad blocker. We need revenue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do ads for a living. So, yeah, we, we do know revenue. Don't block your ads, people. Block your ads, people. Blocking all of them. No, no. Fight. 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 Oh, you'll get no fight out of me. They're annoying. <laughs> oh, um, I don't do that kind of ad. Alika's gonna kinda grab ad. Matt. She's gonna grab Matt and <laughs> throw him across the room, Terminator style. <laughs> but I'll have like you to throw him like three times. <laughs> yeah. Back and yeah. forth. <laughs> I'm gonna pick her up and drop her in a cage with my other. Not well, slaves. That's a well, awful. What are you trying to say? Slaves, <laughs> <laughs> my prisoners, my, my world, the world cage. And then little motorcycles are going to come out of my lights. What? <laughs> oh, oh. oh, okay, I get it. That's awesome. I don't, but <laughs> I'll let it go. So we have one piece of feedback from Dan Wilson. I guess um, Daniel and Heidi couldn't be bothered with this movie. I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, after my second viewing, I think this is still my least favorite Terminator movie, but I found that it had more going for it than I had remembered. Both times I got about a third of the way through before I understood that Marcus was Marcus and not John Connor. Mm -hmm. That's partly my fault, but partly not. The Marcus idea was interesting, though, as was the clash between the two strategies of deception. The brief glimpses of the post-apocalyptic future in Terminator and Terminator 2 had left me eager to see more, and my main disappointment with this movie was how dull the future turned out to be. Another disappointment was how peripheral peripheral women were to the story, particularly in comparison to all the other Terminator movies. When the Moto Terminators first appeared, I was impressed for a second by the creativity and design, and then the script ruined it by having a character yell, Moto Terminators! <laughs> Another groaner for me was the forced use of the line, I'll be back. Thank you, Dan. They did oh, yeah, do we shout out Moto Terminators, you wouldn't know what to call them. <laughs> the slight marketing, <laughs> branding... That's how we know what to look for when we go to Toys R Us. Um, yeah, do we want to rate this? I almost forgot that. Matt A, give us a score. Mm -hmm. I'll do 6 out of 10 dead coyotes. Better than 5 out of 10 dead coyotes. <laughs> Malika. Um, I will give it, uh, yeah, like 5.5 .5 out of 10 sand-encrusted hearts. Yeah. Matt uh it was a it was a solid action movie it just wasn't a good terminator movie uh i'll give it uh six out of ten important guys in a tube under the ocean mm. i agree it was you know a pretty good action movie it just didn't feel terminatory um 
I give it 5.5 out of 10. I wish I could remember what I thought of before we started recording, but now I don't remember. Um, <laughs> um, um, gosh. <laughs> um, tastes of death, whatever. <laughs> and who was our badass of the movie? Hmm. <laughs> Christian Bale, because of the because <laughs> of the he was a badass in and out of the movie. Yeah, outside the movie. Was bad. Yeah. John Connor or Moto Terminators. <laughs> okay, fine with Moto Terminators. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it to Kyle Reese. I for a young kid, he was pretty plucky. I thought he did a good job. I love Antonio, but he didn't do much in this movie. I wish he had done more. Hmm. So, what do you say, Malika? Um, I don't know. Helena Bonham and Cutter? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I guess Kyle Reese didn't bug me too much. So, um, maybe I'll give it to him. Wow, so that's like a tie. I'm just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really... I don't want to be swayed one way or another. A tie is a good thing for this movie. It's just, meh. It's very average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I think that you're right. Like, if it wasn't called Terminator, like, if it wasn't part of the <laughs> franchise, I would have, th- th- you know, given it a, you know, just like, it's a, it's just a movie, you know? It was like, but I think just trying to tie it in and seeing as part of the franchise and all of that, it just didn't work as that. So, um, yeah. Chelsea, Mad Max. Yep. Fury Road. The original yeah. one, yes. No. No, the new one. Yes. Well, I guess the original one works too, just kind of a. Um, deserty kind of anyway. Mm. Excuse me. Well, Matt A. Thank you for joining us for one last episode. Is this really your last one? Are you done? Yep. Maybe if they do another Terminator movie, we'll come back. <laughs> but I don't know. That should be your your very last sign off. I'll be back. <laughs> thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot for. Thanks for bookending our um, our podcast. Uh, where can we find you? Well, podcast Matt? sandwich. Um, you can find me on my podcast that I do with Matt here called Hooplecast, which is a podcast about the television series Deadwood. We wrapped season two last year. We're going to start season three in March. So plenty of time for you to get caught up, Malika. And then... After we wrap Deadwood, we're going to move on to phase two of Hooplecast. And I will tell you right now, though I haven't actually officially announced it on our podcast, because I haven't edited the last episode yet. But for phase two, we are going to be covering the pilot episode and premiere episode of every HBO dramatic series and miniseries from the beginning up to the present day. So that means we'll be watching pilot episodes for... Uh, Oz, The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, all the way up through Game of Thrones, Leftovers, and whatever they're going to release you know, this year. So I guess that would be Vinyl, Westworld, that kind of stuff. So <laughs> when, um, so what is that under? Yeah, that's going to be under our Hooplecast show. Oh, cool. After cool. we do Deadwood, that's the next part of the podcast. And then we'll eventually nice. we'll circle back around to talk about the Deadwood pilot again. Uh, then I also have the podcast that Matt and I uh, have started, but we haven't really begun it yet. And that's our gaming podcast called Matt is Wrong About Games. But we're going to record an episode <laughs> next week. And then Will and I will be starting Spartacast. Yes, later this year. Yeah, sometime Spartacast. in the fall. So who's, hey. uh, who's on the 
all three of you? No, it's just me. Yes, maybe. Oh, maybe Malika. Should we let Malika be? Sometimes, you know, like this one, she's not available. She's busy. (laughs) An unofficial co-host. I'll be the ghost host. The ghost host. How about that? I'll float in and out. Ghost host, coast to coast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd love to. You know, I'd love to be a part of it. Either as a guest or as a host, um, because that's just one show that I have a lot to say about, and I didn't get to say it when I was watching it, so. Well, we'll definitely have guests. Yay! But we're not doing the recap. No. We'll talk about it. And I think we're going to do, like, two episodes at one time. So we'll talk about episode one, and then after we talk about that for 40 minutes, we'll talk about episode two, so that we can watch it faster. Get through it sooner. Awesome. Well, 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 everybody, that's <laughs> what that is all we have. Yes, quite a journey through the Terminator universe. That's, we've done everything Terminator. There's nothing else. Comic books do not exist. Don't know. That's <laughs> all we feel like doing. Novelizations? <laughs> Just you. No, sh- they don't exist. If it's not on film, it doesn't count. I don't, I think- I don't respect these words you speak of. Mm. <laughs> we should ju- we should just come back and talk about food. Because <laughs> we I always had end up every. We started. Oh, did you? Oh gosh, I always feel so bad because at the end of this, I'm always like, I'm starving, and actually, I'm like, have to hop on a call in like five minutes. And I'm like, what can I eat? <laughs> that that'll take me like two minutes to eat. But anyway, I told him I'd be five minutes late. So the 2000 Terminator 2 Affinity comic book series depicts uh, <laughs> Connor on July 17th, 2009. He's aided by a future Terminator named Uncle Bob. Yeah, well, yeah. There was a motion comic that I read it from Netflix one time. I guess the last time I uh, we never was watching all the we movies. We never got but... to we never got to uh, review the Terminator experience ride thing. Oh. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they did say come with me if you want to live in the motion comic. Oh, T two three D Battle Across Time. That's it. Yeah, actually, I I, w- I went to one of those. I I was on that ride. If it was a ride, I don't remember, but I did go to Universal Studios in Florida. There was a Salvation video game. You should review that on your podcast. <laughs> well, I got two point five out of five on Metacritic. Yeah, we'll get around to that. <laughs> <laughs> there was Robocop right. versus Terminator game too. Oh, really? All right, yeah, let's go. Yeah, that's all we got, folks. And yeah. just remember one last time, there's no fate but what we make. Goodbye. Bye, forever. Bye,
Fucking ass. 